Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You know, I guess I thought it might be worth raising. Are there any uh, positives about the nightmare we've shared? That was Shiv Roy or me talking to any of my co-hosts after I finished <laughs> up a season of Decoding TV. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Decoding TV, a podcast about television. I'm David Chen. I'm here today with uh, my normal co-host for Decoding TV. You've heard her on uh, a cast of Kings and uh, covering other things of that nature. Kim Renfro, how are you doing this evening? Hello, hello. Happy to be here. Joining me today, he is also a media strategist, uh, mogul, personal friend. Uh, there's many designations for him, but you might know him best uh, as the man who co-hosts Decoding Decoding TV, uh, an ongoing bonus episode series on the DecodingTV.com uh, feed this se- season. David Cho, how are you doing this evening? Honestly, it's such an honor to be here. You know, you kept me hidden away. In the in the <laughs> ghettos of Patreon for a long time, and wow. now you've really unleashed me here in this in this live stream, no less. You know, I'm excited. It's, uh, it's, I mean, it's the episode worth doing it for. Uh, indeed, yeah. Uh, well, welcome, David Cho. Welcome, Ken Renfro. Of course, we are broadcasting this live this evening at YouTube.com/slash/DecodingTV. Mere minutes, like half an hour after. The series finale of Succession has just aired. Uh, season 4, episode 10, With Open Eyes. You can find more episodes of this podcast at podcast.decodingtv.com. Email us at decodingtv at gmail.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok and, of course, YouTube uh, and Twitter at Decoding TV. Uh, we are going to spoil everything that has happened up through the end of succession. So do not all listen. All of succession ever. All of it's succession all ever. Spoiled. It's all about to get spoiled. So do If you not... haven't seen it, you should watch it. It's a good show. It's pretty, good. <laughs> pretty solid. Pretty solid. Uh, of course, people are, are probably aware that we typically, you know, Kim and I uh, generally are given the episodes in advance. And so we'll watch the episodes. There'll be copious notes taken. Uh, and then we'll dive in with <sighs> an extremely structured plan for the podcast. That has not occurred because no, uh, very few people were given the final episode of Succession early. Uh, and so this uh, conversation is going to be less structured. It's going to be a little bit more freewheeling than usual. Uh, that being said, I do want to call out a couple things before we get to our thoughts on the season finale. Uh, first of all, I want to mention that there is going to be at least one more episode covering Succession. Next week on the podcast, we're going to be covering Barry, the series finale, on This Week in Streaming. And then the episode after that, we're going to do a Succession Season 4 postmortem. So you can look forward to that as well on the podcast. Uh, because I know as we're in the excitement of the moment, there's going to be a lot of stuff we missed. And so we'll have another episode to kind of talk about all the stuff we missed. And if you want us to react to your uh, 
your theories, your uh, reactions, your review of uh, Succession Season 4, email us at decodingtv at gmail.com and uh, we will react to your feedback and comments on the season on that final episode. Okay. Uh, I think that is it. Before we get to the conversation about the episode, there is one other thing I wanted to mention, though, Kim Renfro, which is the title of the episode is called With Open Eyes, and you uh, accurately figured out what that is in reference to, correct? <laughs> yeah, it's it, they continued a pattern that they've been following for the season finales so far, where each episode title has been a phrase f- from a poem called Dream Song 29 by John Berryman. Um, someone, I'm so sorry, it's blanking whatever the f- season one finale was. All the Bells? All the Bells Say? Was that season one finale? I don't think that was season one. Um, this is I'm not pretty... for tears. They've done yeah, all, yeah, the, yeah. all the Bells Say, This is Not for Tears, Nobody Is Ever Missing. That might yeah. have been the season one one. Yeah, Nobody's Ever Missing, I'm pretty sure, is Succession season one. Uh, and then... All the Bells is uh, season three, and then mm-hmm. the other one is season two. So, yeah. This is not for Tears, season two. So then season four, we have With Open Eyes. So it's four stanzas, this poem. I could read the whole thing, I suppose, if you want. But the the important takeaway is that the poem seems to be about the idea that there is a man in the poem, our protagonist's name is Henry, who there's like something that is basically haunting him that like dwells in his mind that he thinks of over and over again. Um, And this, the part that they seem to be referencing the most says ghastly with open eyes, he attends blind. All the bells say too late. This is not for tears thinking. And then it's like, I, I, it's very Kendall coded in my mind. And I, and this, and this, this episode and the way that it ended and this title just, completely cemented that for me where I think that that final shot that we're left with Kendall is in the same way that in this poem, this thing haunts this person and and he can never kind of like dig it up no matter how he seeks to sort of like find that closure. Kendall and that waiter who died likely because of him seems to be the thing that will haunt him for the rest of his life as the reason why he could not ultimately succeed his father. I think mm. she says, <laughs> 40 minutes after the episode ended, <laughs> hoping yeah, uh, I've referenced that poem correctly. Wait, Dave, can I ask him a question? Yeah, yeah. Go Outside ahead. Of, I mean, Kim, you said that as though you think that the boy who died is the reason why Shiv... Do you think that's why Shiv flipped? I think, I think ultimately the way that that came out from her in that moment like felt true to me of like that was something that that entire event plus her seeing Kendall's reaction to her mentioning it again in that moment does seem to me to be like, like that, like confirmed to her, like, yeah, I, like I cannot hand this life to Kendall. Like a, it's probably setting him up for failure because I think that there's a lot more visibility on him as a CEO of Waystar and still having this thing happen in his past. But I think also just emotionally, I think that she clocked that he clearly was still completely out of sorts with that. And that, like, that emotional instability wasn't something that she could... Oh, I thought it was all about Tom. I thought it was mm. all about, like, yeah. the... Well, I... Oh, go ahead, Dave. Uh, well, I, I think that that was probably the beginning of it. And then, as Kim indicated, like, the the kid and the way he reacted to it was the decisive... Like, 
kind of tipped it over the edge or pushed it over the edge a little bit more. But I, I agree know. that she, Tom was a big she factor. She left the room, you know? Like, yeah. I feel like yeah. that's her saying, I'm not going to vote. Like, I, mm-hmm. like it was effective. That the decision was made the second she mm-hmm. left the room, I Yeah, thought. fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Um, okay, well, uh, thank you for sharing that, Kim. Really great context. But great folks, reading, let's... Kim. Yeah, I uh, appreciate that. But let's let's start with our... Overall reaction to the episode. I mean, again, we we just came off it. Our, our thoughts will change. It will marinate. But David Cho, let's start with you. Oh, um, really? Yeah. What did you think? Uh, <laughs> what did you think of this the series finale? Do you find this to be a satisfying series finale? Do you think they stuck the landing? It's funny. It's like uh, I'm 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 talking to the people in the in the comment thread and or in the chat room, and I'm also like, it's funny. Like as soon as as soon as it was over, I felt very empty. Like I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I, there was a part of me where because it felt so much like almost like that episode from the first season on steroids, like because it was in the same room because mm-hmm. it was the same sort of, he needed a certain number of votes because, because it came down to the wire with mm-hmm. one of his siblings. Like it was, mm-hmm. it felt so familiar to me in a way where I was kind of like, I was disappointed at first, but then the more I, <laughs> the more I've sat with it over the last 30 minutes, I kind of feel like, Oh no, they did exactly what they needed to. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. that's exactly the way it should have ended. And it's, you know, it, I, I think I'm left wanting a lot more, not in a bad way. You know, I think mm. it's like they stuck the landing, but it's just in, you know, you and I were talking kind of offline about this. And I was sort of like, no one can predict what's going to happen because even if you know what happens, it doesn't matter that much because how they do it is really what matters. Like how they leave you feeling is what the show does so well because the plot machinations are actually relatively simple, usually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's just like, but the way they do it, you know, the right. the fact that like at the end of last season, like that the mom betrayed the kids after they'd all come together that yeah. way. And but then like, Tom, I mean, Tom portraying Shiv as well, which yeah. obviously was a big precursor to this this episode as well. So, I I just yeah. like when they were at the when they were at the house in the in the Bahamas or Caribbean or wherever, I was just kind of like, oh no! <laughs> it's like if things if when Kendall smiles like that, it's not going to end that way, right? You know, right. Kind mm-hmm. of like, it just felt like the extent to which they'd raise the jubilation, yes. kind of yeah. made me think, that's, oh, that's fuck, how that you know the, how the far fall it's is going fall. to be yeah. equally. Yes. you know, it's absolutely, like, absolutely, yeah. Uh, um, K- Kim Renfro, let's go to you. What did you think of the Caesar- series finale of Succession? Ah. <sighs> I don't even know. I didn't cry. That's that's the first thing that popped into I my head. But did. like the credits rolled and I was like, huh. I did not feel as like emotional as I think I had like prepared myself mm-hmm. to feel. Yeah, because you've gotten pretty emotional at some of the other episodes, right? This season. I was emotional this morning. Just <laughs> thinking about things about that might happen. About other things. <laughs> Think about things that I might mean, happen in the show or just in general in your life. Like It's all one big soup at this point. Come on. <laughs> like, I can't separate everything. Oh, God. Yeah. I don't know. So, But I I think I agree that the, the, the things that were left open-ended don't feel frustrating to me. It actually feels kind of nice. Like, I'm like, oh, I get to sit here and decide what Kendall did after sitting on that bench and looking out in the water. Whereas I was fully prepared Mm -hmm. at multiple points throughout the episode for Kendall to die. 
oh no Colin I think I think Colin being there is meant to be a sign of don't worry he's not gonna die Mm -hmm. at that moment at that specific moment you know what I mean I think they show him at that moment very specifically yeah you can you can clearly see him in the background yeah I think I, I think it's like meant to be one part like oh that was Logan and him walking in the park but also I think it was another part just so you know don't worry he's not going to die because they'd done so much to him at that moment you know yeah. what i mean like yeah i like when he fucking I mean, goes after when he fucking goes after roman oh, i'm sorry i, I can't yeah. when he freaking goes after roman yeah. like that to me was ugh. anyway kim go ahead finish what you're saying i guess not in that like now i'm wondering if kendall's going to die or not but more like is kendall is kendall going to just shrink away with his money and like become a sad man, or is he going to find a way to reconnect with his family and children and like take the opportunity that's in front of him to like live a better life than he would have if he had continued needing to follow in Logan's footsteps. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that they left that open for us. Yeah. As opposed to doing what I was dreading, which was like cementing him as Logan's successor and being like, yeah, we just showed you the point of no return all over again wrote like you know the waiter is kendall's rose and he's gonna spend the rest of his life punishing the world for the fact that he thinks he did something irredeemably evil so it's well the show, though the the yeah. the after the uh you know after the episode uh segment uh which oh, i, I actually watch watched it, the, yeah show? i actually watched but there was there was an interesting bit about what jesse armstrong was like he jesse armstrong in the after the episode he kind of gives a little summary of where he thinks each character is going after mm. after the show so it's worth mm-hmm. checking out but the thing that he said about roman that i thought was interesting is he says like uh it's like roman is um like roman in the bar and kind of being having a little like you know, impish smile. That's kind of like who he is. And it's almost like this whole entire last X years was like an interruption of that. Like he, mm. he was going, he was going to be going on in life. And then he kind of ventured into the corporate world for a little bit. And then now he's like back to where he like would have been otherwise kind of, yeah. that was, that was what Jesse Armstrong said about that. Um, but, uh, I'll share some of my thoughts on the episode, uh, which, I, I'm reminded of something that Shane Black said about you know the movies that he writes, where he says like when you're watching a movie, and it covers some period you know the movie is like over the course of two days or the co- uh, the movie is over the course of one week that should be the most important week in that character's life or in your main character's life you know like otherwise why are we watching a movie about it like we're watching yeah. a movie because this is the most important and what I I feel at this moment, as we're recording this, more strongly about the season than I do feel about the episode. I think the season overall was brilliant. I think having yeah. a season that is like takes place uh, where like every episode basically covers a twenty-four to forty-eight hour period over the course of like two weeks is just like an amazing concept. I'm surprised more people aren't talking about it because I think it's just like yeah. a really amazing concept, super well done. It's the opposite of time jumps. It's like oh we're gosh. we're feeling every yeah. moment. Kim, Kim, I'm people. sorry. He's like this. <laughs> Let it well, go. I, we were. I mean, not even House of the Dragon related, but we were talking about at the end of last episode where I was worried that this episode was going to need a time jump by necessity, and yeah. I was kind of like wary of that because it's hard to pull off in a satisfying way it would have been too obvious because that's what i thought was gonna happen too i think like i was like of that mind but i think they're smarter than that ultimately yeah like like jesse armstrong really does have like a very specific vision that's the one thing you can really take away from 
totally yeah, this season i feel like structure so, vision character arc vision like yeah it's great also commitment to yeah just like he's so committed to the story he wants to tell like it's mm-hmm. it's it's really like there's really like you know, you would hear about like other prestige HBO shows being affected by the world outside of them a lot. Yeah. And it like it really is commendable that considering everyone was talking about it as much as they were, that he was just he really had what he wanted to make in his brain and he did it without mm-hmm. any sort of like consideration for anything else. So I really love the season and I actually think the episode had what I would consider to be a happy ending. Um, like I actually think this is this is this is the best case scenario for these characters. Like, yeah, um, they didn't unpack get what they, that, please. Well, they didn't get what they wanted. You know, um, they they have been removed from the kingdom. They've been betrayed by each other by other people. Um, but at the end of the day, like this is where they belong, and they finally achieved something that has eluded them for years: self awareness. <laughs> oh, David! I think they certainly... ha- they don't they they're they, they're not. I think I think Roman that. did. I think Roman did. You know, at the achieved self awareness. There's a it's this amazing scene at the end where Roman's like, "Hey, like, uh, you're bullshit. Like, I'm you know, she's bullshit. I'm bullshit. And here's the thing. And Roman says something along the lines of like, "I know. I would know. You know, I know that we're bullshit. And that to me is like the defining line of the episode. I think and... that's I think that's a fleeting moment of self-rationalization i I don't think Mm. i i don't think it's i don't think it's true self-awareness to me kim what did you think do you are you on dave's side of like they've reached some sort of like if self-awareness is a happy ending do you feel like they've achieved some version of self-awareness i don't think self-awareness is the thing that's making this feel like a happy ending or like the best case scenario ending for them i think it's acceptance of the fucked up emotional hand sure. they've been dealt. Yeah. Yeah. And like they have somehow seemingly accidentally figured out a way to each prevent each other from like choosing the worst path forward for them. If that do we sense. think that, do we think that if one of them had become the Waystar Royco CEO, that that would have been like, I, I don't think that's the poison chalice you guys are presenting it as to me. Like, I, I just don't like, it's like, I don't think that's what that meant. I t- the 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 ending I think the characters got was one where they all were like disparate pieces of their dad and it's like the shiv piece was the one where it's like I think my kids are just fuck ups and they're none of them can handle it. Like I feel like the 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 Kendall one was the one where he will do whatever it takes by any means necessary including like go into this like delusional like fucking spin out about not having killed the kid that it was a joke all that stuff like mm-hmm. and i think the 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 roman one was the one you're talking about where it's just like he he sort of has this some version of vulnerability that he deploys when he needs to sort of self-rationalize but i don't know mm-hmm. I, that's a great yeah that's a great uh, analysis kim any thoughts do you have any thoughts on that it seemed like you were reacting to that i just think i felt really First of all, I mean, I guess I should just start by saying, like, Jeremy Strong in this episode, like, brought out every iteration of Kendall that we've ever seen in, like, quick succession. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) uh, But I was thinking about when he 
there's a there's a scene in season two, which is the closest Kendall comes to telling either Shiv or Roman about what actually happened at Shiv's wedding, where he's like telling Shiv, like, can you please look out for me? And he kind of implies like, if if dad didn't need me for this right now, I don't know what I would be for, mm-hmm. I think he says, which is yeah. like pain. And then when he is spiraling, as he sees that like Shiv is like very close to taking this thing away from him. And he says like, please, please, I like, I will. I think he says like, I will die. Like, if you don't give this to me, I, there, there is no, my life means nothing. And to me, like I clocked that as like, that is the number one sign that you shouldn't have this. Mm-hmm. Like, if literally the thing keeping you alive right now is the prospect of running a multi multi billion dollar company uh that is clearly like pushing you towards the edge of your mental brink like that's what that was when i think shiv clocked like okay now i really can't let him right. oh i thought do it was, i thought for, it was darker than reason. that i thought it was darker more about that? the i thought it was more that he didn't think that any other job would have him this was the only mm. thing that he thought he could actually do and matter in the world. And like, that's the way I would like, that's the way I read the the Roman thing too. It's like them kind of saying like, it's like, they're all, all deal. Like they, like all of us are dealing with some version of imposter syndrome. And he's mm-hmm. like, if I don't get this chance, I will never get the yeah. chance to do anything that matters again. Well, yeah. so again, David Cho, you know, this is why I feel like they're and actually both of you. This is why I feel like, People are finally spitting truths. They're like, hey, that mm-hmm. is the most self-aware I've ever seen Kendall, where he's like, if I don't get this, I will die, which is like probably an exaggeration. But yeah, he says something along the lines of, I tried to like write it down, but I didn't get it quite right. But it's like, I'm a cog only fit, like only this fit machine. to work in one machine, basically, or something yeah. along those lines, you know? So, um, but yeah, anyway, overall, I thought it was a very satisfying finale is it one of the greats not sure yet i'm gonna need to think about that we'll talk a little bit more about that in the next episode of the podcast or the next you know in a couple episodes of the podcast but um the season i just thought was brilliant um has a really decent shot of being my favorite season overall of succession um just in terms of how beautifully it was constructed and uh the ending felt very uh I, I I would say it felt pretty satisfying. It felt like this is what these characters in some way deserve. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, uh, it felt right to me. Now, let me th- ask, yeah, did either of you have like a, a laugh out loud moment in this episode? I did. I forget what it was now, though. I remember like being like enjoying watching the show for a lot of it before it got really fucking dark. Oh, I, uh, you know what? Oh, go ahead, Kim. You go. I was going to say, I cracked up at the way that Kendall slash Jeremy Strong just flung the ice out of that cup. (laughs) (laughs) Something about the way that, like, this this extremely (laughs) serious situation is happening. And, like, I was all tense. I don't know what's going on. And something about the way that he just, like, as if that's just a thing that a rich person does all the time of, like, I don't want this ice in this cup. I'm going to fling it up. I don't know. Something about that really got Dave, me. Do you know I what she's like, talking I love about? this show. I, yeah. What is she talking? What is she referring to? What are you referring to, Kim? When it's in like the, when they're in Caroline's house, their mom's vacation uh-huh. home and Kendall goes down to like the little like patio overlooking the water. And it's this like beautiful setting. The there's three like, siblings a, are there's like glasses going to have with, it out. There's glasses. With oh yeah, 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 yeah. And he and goes like, to pour himself a thing and he's just like, whoop. Yeah, yeah. That was great. That was great. Um, I thought, I thought Stewie had a really good funny moment in this episode. Like, 
Chairman Stewie, I enjoyed a lot. Like the yeah. that that felt very classic Succession to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's just yeah. like a nice little like you know tête-à-tête with Stewie was fun. I yeah, he's also just, cracked up at the wartime pickle that Roman found <laughs> in his mother's fridge. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. When I was yeah. watching that, I was like, "Fuck, Jeremy Strong's so method." I bet that shit is all of that shit, and I bet he did drink it. The <laughs> fucking brown, psycho. Mm-hmm. I can't brown, wait. brown smoothie. Oh, I was like, yeah. I, but like, it's like I really I can't. I, that's going to be something that I know will come out in the next two days, and I can't wait to find out what that drink actually was because there's a part of me that's just like he's such a nut. And so committed yeah. to being Kendall that like he was like, no, make it as gross as possible, man. I need it to be as gross as possible. I need to live this. <laughs> uh, I, I had a couple laugh out loud moments. First of all, I want to call out uh, the order of the bees in the chat who says, I started laughing when their mom's husband tried to sell them something. I was like, are you serious? That was my like most uh, humorous portion of the episode, I thought, because mm-hmm. he flew uh, in from Monaco, man. Come on, just let him pitch. <laughs> because you kind of got the sense of who Peter Munyon was when uh, the mom married him at the end of season three, I think it was, right? Um, yeah. And and she's like, yeah, you know, Peter's just, uh, he, he's had a bunch of shitty luck recently, but like, you gotta, pay. and it's like, oh, of course, of course the reason why like Caroline wants to get a get together is so like Peter and his buddy can pitch uh, the young Roy children on some uh, some weird scheme. And then like you only hear like, yeah. I- I'm going to guess like 20 words from the pitch. And it's something along the lines of like, well, you know, these are very, very good you know accommodations i mean nothing no, like, that you nothing that you would actually want for yourself but like, like the, mar- <laughs> the margins are the margins are too good for me to to not pitch this to you <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly exactly um so that that was very uh enjoyable there was also this weird moment where caroline the uh the mom character talks about eyes and like <laughs> how they're like <laughs> jellies eggs and, of jelly. the face. yeah <laughs> egg, fa- face eggs which by the way like jesse armstrong uh, before Succession made a show called Peep Show, which is a brilliant uh, sitcom. And that felt like a very Peep Show-esque observation that eyes are face eggs, basically. <laughs> Extremely Peep me, Show line. You told me not to look at the chat, but I do think that there is something that we have to talk about that, th- that they're talking about in the chat about like everyone's kind of talking about why Shiv did what she did. And I know it's sort of out of the order of the show, but I do think. Yeah, it's let, let's like, let, we let, we will get to it. Uh, we'll get you want to start show. from the beginning? Yes, we will get All to right, it. We will get to it. We're gonna let's go in order, David. Show okay. Uh, before we uh, we're gonna take a we're gonna take a break in a moment. But before before we do that, um, I want to acknowledge one thing uh, about decoding TV listeners. You see, last week on the podcast, I said, "Hey, people, write in with your theories on what is going to happen," and I promised that if somebody got it correct. I would acknowledge it publicly uh, on the podcast. Now, before I describe what I'm about, about to describe, I do also just want to say, hey, um, thanks to thanks to everyone at Decoding TV for following along with us this season. It was, it's been a lot of fun. I know Kim's really enjoyed the podcast. I really enjoyed doing the bonus episodes with David for paid members at DecodingTV.com. So I just want to express my appreciation for everyone who's like joined us for the journey this season. Uh, and yeah, uh, podcast.decodingtv.com where you can get the other episodes and become a paid member to support this podcast at decodingtv.com. But Isaac from New York wrote into decodingtv at gmail.com and he says, "Uh, I take no credit for this theory, but I thought it was so genius I wanted to pass along. And he sends me this uh, TikTok video. 
Now, I'm going to play a clip from this TikTok video. Some of you might have seen this already. But it's from a TikTok account called Nameberry, which analyzes names. And somebody analyzed what the one, like all the names in the show are very obvious what they mean. Like Roy means king. And, you know, and so you can go through all the names and they all have like special meaning. But there's one name that's very atypical. That's very weird in the show. It's Wamsgams. Why would somebody be named Wamsgams? Well, here is a clip from that TikTok from Nameberry. I'm going to play it for you right now. Here it is. No, the real reason he was given the last name Wamsgans is because of this guy. This is Bill Wamsgans, an MLB player during the early 20th century. He is remembered for one thing, and that is completing the only unassisted triple play in World Series history. He took out three players at once in what is essentially the finale of baseball. It's no coincidence that Tom shares a surname with Bill Wamsgans, so you have to wonder if Tom will complete an unassisted triple play and take out all three of the Roy siblings to become the leader of Waystar Royco in the succession finale. There you have it, folks. Tom Wamsgams shares a name with Bill Wamsgams, a person who is famous for getting an unassisted triple play during the World Series. And in fact, Tom Wamsgams knocked out all three Roy siblings to become the CEO of whatever... Waystar Royco subsidiary is going to be resulting from this merger. Um, so Isaac wrote that in. He didn't claim credit for it, but that is a prediction that was going around. Now, what, does Jesse Armstrong know who Bill Wamsgams is? I have no idea. I don't, I'm not going to say that. that was, it, it would be a very funny coincidence if that was the case. But uh, it is a fact that Tom Wamsgams was the winner. So why don't I take knowledge? Yeah. Also a fact that everyone just forgot about Connor Roy again. <laughs> <laughs> So true. So true. <laughs> Got out all three Roy siblings. <laughs> anyway, we'll talk more about uh, what happened with the Connor's Roy more sibling. of a player coach. More, <laughs> more of a third base coach sort of energy. Mm-hmm. We'll talk more about uh, who ended up winning in succession in a moment. But first, I want to mention that this episode of Decoding TV is brought to you by the McDonald's app. ba da ba 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 I don't know about you guys, but uh, when you're rushing off to a board meeting, uh, you don't have a lot of time to hang around, do stuff that regular people do, uh, which is why I would recommend if you want McDonald's for lunch, but you don't want to deal with that lunch rush, download the McDonald's app, pick your location, order ahead, select curbside or counter. You can pick up your food when you get there. They prep it while you're on the way. Order in the app, select curbside or counter, and that is it. Now, I know that this is something that Kendall definitely could have used in season one of the show when he was rushing to get to the board meeting in season one, episode six. Which side are you on? Uh, less so this time. This time he sauntered leisurely into the place as though he owned it. But you got to imagine all the Roy. He does own it to his credit. <laughs> Indeed. You got to imagine. <laughs> I have all- McDonald's app, Dave. Mm, excellent. Yeah, it's definitely uh, an app worth downloading. I use it all the time. It's super enjoyable, easy, fun to use. Um, but yeah, no matter what reason you have for skipping the line today, order ahead in the app to save time. Again, just order ahead in the app, pick your location, select so curbside or counter. McDonald's will get it ready while you're on the way so it's hot and fresh. You can pick up your food faster at the counter or curbside when you get there. So order in the app to save time. Prep while you're on the way excludes drive through at participating McDonald's. Copyright 2023 McDonald's. Thanks to McDonald's for sponsoring Decoding TV. Dave, would you right. say you, you, were, you were loving it, the finale? 
I am. I would say I'm really enjoying McDonald's and I'm loving the finale and I'm enjoying this conversation that we're having live right now on youtube.com slash decoding TV, David Joe. So let's get into it, folks. Now, you know, I thought it might be I thought it might be interesting to reflect on what the, the finale didn't cover. There was a there was a few plot lines that we didn't get to in the finale, right? Um first of all, you know, uh, imagine I'm uh in the wire season one and i'm asking where's wallace except instead of where's wallace i'm asking where's pierce guys i want to know what happens to pierce and the hundred you know uh very disappointing we never got to see nan again so would love to have a hundred mention we did get a hundred mention that's true but yeah were there any other the other thing actually somebody in the chat brought up earlier was like i am kind of uh disappointed at how uh the marcia storyline played out like remember marcia being yeah. on the board was a huge part of season one and like they seemingly just like completely forgot about that plot i guess they just didn't maybe again hi i'm a boss wasn't available or they couldn't work it out creatively or whatever but like um marcia is basically a non-presence in this episode yeah. um and on that note like the the carry stuff I thought it might like pay off in some other way. It didn't really pay off. It really feels like episode nine was kind of the show saying goodbye to all these characters, you know, like yeah. the Carrie, the Marsha stuff. Like that's like kind of the way that the, the show kind of ushers those characters out. Um, but yeah, just wanted to acknowledge, like those are some of the plot lines that I was wondering if they'd come up this season uh, and they didn't really come up in the finale. Uh, was there anything that you were disappointed? Any of you two were disappointed that the finale did not address? Oh, the, the chat rightly points out that it was, she was going to join the trust, not the board. So the families stake of the board or mm, the company true not true. necessarily she wasn't getting like a board seat i think the thing that I, I was hoping for a time jump for that we didn't get and this is just because like out of my own curiosity was like was gojo the real deal or not like that's something i was just genuinely curious about like was matson actually qualified or right. is he just you know a really good salesman yeah you know yeah, was he gonna true. was he gonna musk twitter it or was mm-hmm. he gonna whatever the opposite of that is mm-hmm mm-hmm uh yeah uh kiki uh kajit in the chat says uh didn't get much fallout from the election we didn't really get a like we get some hints that oh maybe, yeah what happens to the election yeah what happens does, does jared Mencken win the election we don't really know we get some hints that maybe there's some trouble there but like we don't really find out um loner shark in the chat says most jettisoned plotline was gretchen schwartz's logan roy biography uh you know i don't know that it, it uh, was the most uh, excuse me roman's children from episode one uh, from the pilot <laughs> yeah. would uh would yeah. beg to disagree yeah, yeah yeah that's true and i and i would actually argue that the the biography kind of served its purpose as a as a, as a plot line in season two yeah it, it gave um, us bore on the floor it gave us bore on the floor it gave us um that rat rat effer guy you know it gave us like all that stuff with with uh those machinations frank coming back all that stuff so i i think that did serve a purpose but yeah any other plot lines that you were, were like- really you were really you and kim i feel like uh were, were very big on the podcast could come back you guys thought that the that the podcast that was hinted at towards the end of last season was going to be something about Kendall's there was yeah the, there was a true crime podcast boy. that they said yeah it, it was less the true crime podcast and more that i felt this season had to deal with Kendall Roy being responsible for this person's death somehow. Like, yeah. we, we got you this big, we got this big blowout at the end of the season of season three. And, and, and I, I, my argument, David Cho, is that I think this episode did do that. I think it did come back in a way that was meaningful. That's, that's yeah. so it wasn't like I needed the podcast. It was more like that, in my opinion, that couldn't have been the final scene 
of the the kid's death coming up, in my opinion. So, David Cho, that, you, yeah, that go ahead. podcast mention you mean couldn't have been the last. No, no, no. Just, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it, yeah. Because in that episode, in that episode, um, Kendall confesses to his right. siblings, and then they Roman conf, uh, consoles him, and then that's it. It's like no, there there needs to be something, some more fallout from that, in my opinion. Um, right, Cho. It sounds like you're vehemently disagreeing with what I'm saying. Not vehemently disagreeing. I I feel like I think I thought it would play a part because in nine Kendall goes to Colin, which means that like because Kendall tied a loose end up, that meant there had to be a string that would get pulled on. You know what I mean? It's like if the if he said like that was the Right, I, like I, Yeah, like, what, what like was if, the purpose if, of him if going to Kendall back to Colin, feels yeah. safe, then it's going to get fucked up. You know what I mean? It's like, so when, yeah. when Colin joins Kendall and you see him driving him in the car at the beginning of this episode, I was like, oh, fuck, like something's going to go awry. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But, well, I don't know. The, the, the thing with Colin that, I you know, I wanted to bring this up actually last episode, Kim, was I talked about how I felt like there were a lot of uh, Sopranos and mob parallels mm-hmm. to last season. Like, I, I think we're meant to understand that because Roman cried and showed weakness in front of Mencken that he kind of effed the deal. Like, that was my sense yeah. of how that played out. Um, and you, you're not supposed to cry if you're in the mob, in the mafia. Like, that's a big no-no. But the other thing is, the premise of The Sopranos is Tony Soprano is seeing a psychiatrist. And that is also a huge no-no. People do not want someone confessing their crimes to a psychiatrist. And so, Kendall kind of confronts Colin last episode says, like, hey, don't go see a a head shrinker anymore head like, come, shrinker, yeah. come work for me so uh I, I wanted to acknowledge that i thought there were many mob parallels in the be, between the corporate world and the mob as uh depicted in the sopranos so uh didn't have a chance to call that up but i wanted to mention it forget about it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um anything else that wasn't in the episode i mean we, we might get to them later but i think that's uh those are those are the main things that i'm like huh i guess those things never really paid off so uh, I think ultimately I, the reason they didn't is because it's a show about those three kids and yeah. the and the trauma they have from their dad. When it's mm-hmm. all said and done, it's like the show doesn't actually care about what happens with Gojo. The show doesn't care about anything besides just how much did this dad, his wealth, his power, his whatever, just ruin his kids' lives mm-hmm. in a way mm-hmm. that like it's just like it, it's it's a show about generational trauma. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, folks. Let's talk about what actually goes on this episode. So um, when the episode begins, obviously uh, Shiv and Kendall are both both trying to like round up the votes. Uh, And it seems as though Shiv is winning. She is with Madsen. They seem to have the votes. Um, And Kendall is kind of on his back foot, but very energetic. He really thinks he can do it. Uh, And Tom is kind of this question mark factor. Uh, and there, it's unclear like wh- whether Tom is going to survive whatever happens next. There is a, in my opinion, really great scene with Matson and Tom, where Matson asks Tom to pitch him on Tom being the new CEO. And I felt it kind of soft pitch him, and I felt it kind of characterized the kind of you, you know. Uh, casual misogyny that is like existent in this universe. Uh, it's very painful and, to watch. <laughs> yeah. The idea that like, he's a, he's a grinder, Kim. Uh, the, the whole not Tom, Matson. I yeah, was well, like, 
I felt myself like I like stiffened and was just like shrinking up until he finally said, I kind of want to F her. Clickety- well, because they, they clickety click, you know? Yeah, they click, they clickety click. Uh, it, but it's, it's, a, it, what's upsetting, you know, is like, it's because Matson is attracted to her, so he's like, therefore, she cannot be CEO. It's like, yeah. it's just like deeply unjust, you know, arrangement. Obviously, also the um, the weird the weirdness of like him seeing it as a power thing to to get to puppet the man who impregnated her. Like he made it very clear. Yeah, that, that, that was, was really upsetting. Like, that was really upsetting. A piece I of the deal, the, and the... then Tom said, "Okay, that sounds great. <laughs> Let's definitely treat my wife like a piece of meat with a vagina who can grow a baby." I, I think the, the real, the real, I mean, not misogyny, but the real sort of weak manness thing of it is it was obviously the story that had the story was the thing that set that all in motion. Like he can say every single time that the cartoon didn't bother him. But when there is a massive profile of you and the key art is her pulling his strings like that was definitely, definitely like. That, that set everything into motion. Also, inc- incredibly quick turnaround time for a profile and that art to get commissioned to, to do the Yeah, the, the, those are, in, in the industry, those are called long lead time features. Yeah, like, yeah. It usually oh, takes like... Even, like even yeah. the New Yorker, it's like they print, you know, two weeks in advance. It's like, <laughs> like I... how long how long have they been fucking working together? Like, it's been five days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, the... I would disagree, ahead, though, yeah. with, like, the idea that that was only when he tipped into no longer like respecting her you or think wanting so? her to be. Yes. The the very first time that they met the way that he like refused to hug her. And then, Oh yeah. Like, yeah true. I mean, he's some... always been a piece of shit. Here, sure. let, let, I, let, Kim fin- for, J- Dave, let, to, let Kim finish, please. Yeah. To me, it's not even about like, Oh, he's always been a piece of shit. It's that he never like, again, that line that Shiv said in, in her eulogy, where she said that her father could never fit a whole woman in his head. Like Matson's just also one of those guys to me. Like, he mm-hmm. never looked at her and was taking her seriously as a business person. He was always weirdly attracted to her or weirdly into the idea that he could mess with her in a way because she was a woman that he couldn't with her brothers. Like, that felt very clear to me from the start. And I just wasn't sure if Shiv was into that or not, or like if Shiv was like on board with that or playing along. And I thought maybe she was, but like watching the conversation play out between Matson and Tom without her there was very hard for me to watch because it was just so blatantly like yeah this is just what happens behind the scenes you give a woman he's he was happy to take her ideas when they were good and when they were benefiting him and then he tells tom that it's actually kind of annoying that she has so many good ideas because he doesn't want a smart person advising him he wants a puppet and he especially can't handle the fact that shiv won't be his puppet and, or fuck him sorry f him well i think i think <laughs> it, yeah, it's, like, it's it's horrible to have all of your worst assumptions confirmed by hearing how he talks about her for sure yeah like i mean i it's interesting because it's like it's hard because it's like both things are true where he's extremely misogynistic but also shiv kind of at times goofed her like her execution of working matson as well i think it's like i think but like no worse than shiv- tom but sorry no no i think they all i think she, <laughs> no i think well i think it's like it's she kept doing the thing that she's done throughout the show where it's like she gets her a little bit over uh, she puts the card a little bit before the horse you know what i mean yeah like tom is definitely not more qualified but well i mean i don't know it's hard to say because he's, he's actually running atn but like 
you know it's yeah. like but she always like overplays her hand a little bit i mean listen none yeah. of them are fucking qualified they're all fucking jokes like fucking well, let yeah. jerry run the company that's yeah. that's one of the things i love about the ending of tom being on like the the final victor is every single time we have seen tom every single time we have seen tom Wamsgams in a corporate environment he has been almost completely incompetent like there was we saw a glimpse of him in um obviously in the election episode uh, but the also Argestes. in Argestes, we hear for you in also the Living Plus episode where I don't know if you remember, like he gave a little speech. He's like, you're all part of the Waystar family and you're all part and I'm part. And it's just like, this is the empty headed, absolutely no skills, failing upward, Nepo baby, like whatever the heck it is, you know. And the idea that he, he, you know, this guy who Shiv rightfully refers to as an empty suit is the guy who ends up running the place is, in my opinion, a very solid, symbolic, thematically resonant uh, mm-hmm. plot development for the show. So, yeah, yeah he, he, um, he told he was like Waystar Royco, the place where you can watch ATN. <laughs> yes, <Exactly. Eric. laughs> Dave got it. David, David first was like, "What the fuck is he saying?" The the and one, the there. one to it's actually David Cho. It's the one to watch for ATL. Oh, I mean, yeah. That's that's it's Max, the one to watch for HBO, right? So I wrote sorry, down. Sorry, sorry. I was like, I was doing hand notes while watching the episode as much as I could, and one of the only full quotes I wrote down was Tom saying, "I have an excess of vigilance and a high tolerance of pain and physical discomfort." <laughs> Which was like his qualifications for being a good CEO for Madsen. And I was like, I, I, all I right. thought Tom, the thing is, I thought Tom's pitch was terrible. I mean, David Cho, you have dealt with uh, pe- people pitch. pitching. He's like, I'll, I'll work. I mean, Shiv says it right. He'll suck the biggest dick in the room. And he can, <laughs> you know? Yeah. When Shiv's right, she's right. Yeah. yeah. But. It's even like, you know, Madsen, I think he's like, what's your hang like? Is that what he says? He's like, he's basically yeah. Madsen asking, like, what's your vibe? And like, Tom gives an answer that is so unlike Madsen's vibe. It's ridiculous. It's just like, he is completely misreading Madsen in general. Yeah. So, I mean, but I, to me, it, in some ways, it's an ununintentional good pitch because Madsen wants someone he can like, he wants a puppet. Yeah. He, wants he, called, he said around. he wants a, a pain sponge. Right? Yeah. Was like the word he used. And I was like, if I, there's anyone I on the show that. who's a pain sponge, it's Tom. Yeah. Like, what did you think that meant? I was trying to understand it. I was like, how like what pain is he going to need sponged? Well, because he's gonna he's he's saying we're gonna cut close to the bone. So the Gojo ATN Waystar Royco merger is gonna result in tens of thousands of layoffs. And um he needs someone to absorb the pain and anger that will come from yeah, that he, and has, he has the fake india numbers too that he has to like yeah he also needs someone to absorb yeah exactly cruises. so that's I mean, that's that's, that's what's for that that's what's brilliant too sorry go ahead david cho go ahead no he's a really good pain sponge it's like when you think yeah. of cruises when you think of all that he was gonna go to jail yeah. he was willing yeah. to go to jail which is like <laughs> as far as like empty pain sponges go it's like a it's a pretty good you know trait for one and like his whole relationship with Shiv has been like training up in pain sponge levels, like right. <laughs> <laughs> and now I guess they're just going to do that together. For oh my gosh! Question mark. Big gone girl <laughs> At least energy for a from few more months. Of- yeah. Um, but I, you know, per per the thing we were just discussing, what I love about that too is. Uh, yes, Tom is the victor, but it's like he is ruling over a kingdom of ashes. Like this, this will be a hor- like. 
you know, AT Waystar Royco before the Gojo acquisition or after the uh, Gojo acquisition is going to be a terrible time. It's not gonna. There's very little enjoyment to be had in that. So I I, I love that part about the ending too. We're, we're not. We don't see it. We only see the pen signing and the ceremony and everything. But it is going to be choppy waters ahead for them. It is uh, funny how we're like they're they're all so fucked and it's like the kids are all richer than they've ever been before. Yes, <laughs> yes. Like like they can do whatever they want and it's just. I mean, I think it's a good it's a good move by the show to make us feel like they all lost so vehemently while just effectively getting the freedom to do whatever they want moving mm-hmm. forward and they just lost this one thing that was impressing their dad yeah indeed uh if you're just tuning in by the way hello uh this is the decoding tv youtube channel we're reviewing and discussing the series finale of succession i'm david chen here with kim renfro and david cho we're talking about the first half of the episode uh the lead up and uh, Greg decides to jump ship uh, around this part of the episode when Tom is negotiating with Madsen. I think because he's tired of being kicked around and he's like, maybe I can get a better deal if I jump ship because I have this nuclear information that's extremely important. Uh, and so he uses the Google Translate app to understand what Madsen is saying to his underling or what, whatever translate. I don't know if it's Google Translate, but it's like a very... Very efficient translate app. I, I, I will say I tried to use Google Translate to understand the Swedish that Madsen was speaking in a previous episode, and it did not work. You're a real <laughs> so, Greg. Yeah, I'm a real <laughs> Dave the Egg. Yes, Dave, Dave Chen, and Greg think in a lot of the same ways. So, um, but yeah, uh, I do so, think he. Was, I don't think he was jumping ship. I think Greg is just always trying to hop onto whatever thing is flashing in front of him at any given moment. Because it's like he was in with the Matson guys too. It's like I think he was just, I think he wanted to to have a leg up anywhere he went. I don't, I don't agree because there is this big scene where he confronts Tom and he actually fights back for the first time. You know, yeah, yeah. and That's so I fun. think it's, I think it's basically like Greg has been growing in, in his his spine has slowly started to come in. He, he went he, from being an egg to a chick. <laughs> Greg the chick. <laughs> Not that's right. a chicken, not a woman. Just that's right. That's right. A greglet. A greglet. A greglet. Yeah, but that, that's that's why I think he's like he wanted to like he thought he could get a better deal with 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 Kendall. That's my sense. So, um, but uh, yeah, he calls Kendall with the information and gives it to them and reveals that Shiv is not going to be in charge and that turns Shiv and causes all these events to go on. Um, uh, Triv Trigva in the chat says, "I did not like that one second we got of new Jess." What job did Jess go to? <laughs> uh, wanted to acknowledge that. Yeah, we we heard about New Jess. I don't even think we saw New Jess's face. If I recall, I don't think we, we did. We see someone's body, uh, and like their head is turned <laughs> to the side, and that's New Jess. Um, but yeah, uh, the uh, but yeah. So leading up to that, there then there's all the stuff that happens in Barbados. I believe they're in Barbados because he says uh, Kendall references the fact that they're in BIM. And BIM is uh, short for Barbados, I think, is a is a nickname for Barbados. So it's news to me. Good to know. There is a lot of great stuff in Barbados. Obviously, it looks beautiful. It's very characteristic of Succession. Um, Shiv thinks she's won, but she hasn't. Uh, then she finds out the information. Like Roman's still kind of like figuring out whether he gives a crap or not. Um, so there's a lot of good stuff with the siblings, but obviously kind of the culmination is the scene where Shiv and Roman talk amongst themselves and decide that they're going to anoint Kendall 
the king. Um, and actually, the whole lead up I thought was very good because there's this whole sequence where they realize that Logan has promised each of them individually uh, that they would run the place. And he was kind of, he was either lying to them all or he's telling the truth to them all at the time. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Like, what matters is what they decide at this point. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought that was a very poignant scene. Kim, did you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I I loved the line where Kendall says, like, you know, he told he told me when I was seven and he told me first. And then Rowan's like, well, he told me last. And it's like, yeah, yeah you could make the strong case for either of those being, quote unquote, like the real offer or like the more important offer. And it was it was cathartic to just have them all put that out there and then all at once sort of be able to acknowledge like, OK, yeah, every time that we've really tried each claiming our stake here, we've just been taking turns like having the hubris to think that we have our father's favor when in the reality was none of us seemed to actually have it ever is what that felt like to me. I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, quick correction. Uh, Miss, Miss Brown sugar in the chat says, uh, I thought BIM was short for Bimini Bahamas. So in fact, that's, that might be true. You know, I think I might've got my BIMs mixed up. Apparently BIM means a Barbadian person. So oh. my bad. Um, Bahamas is is perhaps the more accurate description of where they are. Uh, anyway. they're, they're a three hour flight away. That, that's all that matters. They're a three and a half yeah. hour flight away from New York. Yeah, right. So, uh, in any case, uh, then Shiv and Roman kind of decide they're going to annoy Kendall. Uh, Anoint Kendall. There's this whole scene where they swim out there and annoy. You know, I had one thing. Oh. Dis- I, I did have one disappointment in the episode. I thought both of their Kendall impressions were not very good. <laughs> like I like there's a real opportunity opportunity for them to really just kind of wow us because they've spent so much time with them. Like and a, a good Kendall impression really lands, you know? And I, I was I, hoping I and especially in the extremely online world we're in today, we have seen many great Kendall impressions, you know? Yeah. yeah. And you, you can't you can't show up with, do a better one. You can't show up with a weak Kendall impression. Uh, unfortunately and they're both great actors too and so i thought they'd have a really yeah. good one i thought they would nail sleeves, it too. you know I, I would agree with you david cho i think it was it was a little bit lacking um but then they kind of hang out in the in the kitchen and it's one of the kind of emotional climaxes of the episode we i don't think we've ever seen them this happy before we've never seen them kind of get along this well uh kim renfro i thought about you because i think you uh, were um, <laughs> I, I was like, I was imagining she was so happy. Yeah, Kim, were you, were you happy? Kim walk, us, Kim, walk us through your yeah. headspace as you're watching that. Yeah. Okay, well, first of all, we skipped over my dark headspace where I was like, excuse me, night swim, mention of sharks. Oh, my God. Water. <laughs> I was like, can All the bodies stop? of water are connected. <laughs> stop making me think Kendall's going to die any second. Like, literally, when he was just off screen for, like, a little too long, I was like, Shiv, look over your shoulder again one more time. Time. Please let me make sure that Kendall is sitting on that dock alive right now. So really good job of like making me feel tense, I guess, throughout that where I was like, <laughs> I think what's happening is good for Kendall. And yet I'm more in fear for his life than I have been most of this season. And then like the whiplash of like, oh, now they're all just together in the kitchen. I have two sisters. I'm, I'm the middle of three. And like that vibe of like being a little bit like late in the house, try not to disturb your parents, but you're like a little delirious, maybe high on some like caffeine or sugar or like a good movie or that something. you just watched, like, or something. Uh, I, yeah, I loved that scene. I was very, I, I was sitting there being like, I literally, I think checked the timestamp. I was like, okay, 45 more minutes for this to not feel good. 
anymore. <laughs> were, you bra- were you bracing yourself? I was. I still yeah. could not shake that. Um, you knew. That, yeah, that feeling that, I mean, I knew that we obviously weren't going to leave here at the peak. So, <laughs> <sighs> yeah, but it was nice. The to rest have of the 25 minutes was them being happy. <laughs> it's just I them building Waystar together. <laughs> Was so happy that Kendall's meal fit for a king was brown sludge, like very, <laughs> very, very Kendall coated again. Love it, love everything. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's a wonderful sequence, and there's so many amazing moments. You know, Roman licking the, the cheese. cheese. You know, um, <laughs> oh god, it's just so chaotic. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. Kendall's impression of his mom was really good. When you when she when <laughs> yeah. he's talking about her talking about Peter, oh, mm-hmm. so good. Oh, uh, yeah, good times. Um, by the way, I am now seeing that apparently uh, the finale is set in Barbados. So I'm just like, I think oh, wow. I was this actually right about thing that. is really you, it's, you gonna be okay. I, I wish that Succession had title cards. Is kind of what I'm saying. They could have just said, you know, in big letters, like in a superhero movie, like New York, Barbados. You know, like they should have done that. I felt. I, I was watching it being like, I'm not really sure where they are, and I guess it doesn't matter because it's just one of their yeah, rich Yeah, it's one of their properties. rich island <laughs> countries, you know, Somewhere. rich island properties. No, they found, a, they, they found the only shithole in paradise. She said it. <laughs> <laughs> God. Uh, uh, let's see. I'm trying to think if there's anything else in, in the early part of the episode or the midpoint to discuss. But yeah, it, you, Mark Milad in the post-episode rundown was saying like how you know he – was, he was saying when he was directing it, he was sad because he knows that whatever, however happy they're going to be, it just it just means that the come down is going to be brutal. And mm. so even the even the creator or the director of the show knew uh, that badness was coming. So yeah, it's, that there was, was the also... only thing that was really getting me the entire time. What was? Like yeah, no, just like the idea the they're so happy that there's yeah. like mm. that the 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 level of joy was just so high, and it was just crazy to think how are they going to get it that low. Because you just yeah. know if they're here, they're going to meet them here, you know? Yeah. It kind of did, I guess now that I'm thinking about it, the the fact that they included that scene and then left everything where they did, it's like they could have those nights again, right? It's like the idea, the idea that like now whenever they get together for like their fucked up, sorry, messed up family gatherings, like that they could they still know how to like potentially come together and whatever. But well, here's a just... real question, Kim. Do you think it's the first time they've ever been that happy together? Mm. No, I think it's the first time in a long time, like since they were kids that they've been that happy together. Yeah, but it had, yeah. the, it had the same energy to me as like, Oh yeah, we used to do this. We just mm-hmm. kind of forgot in our old and cynical. Yeah. And you, I feel like weirdly in each finale, there's been those moments. Cause I feel like on the boat at one point, yeah. And one of the finales they had that too, or it's just kind of like them fucking around and seeming normal and not seeming extremely toxic and hateful towards each other. Yes. Like it was when they were there for Shiv's wedding and they like went down to that. Little yeah. 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 At the little thing. boat. Yeah. On the, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was nice. And then they did it even in last year or when they were in Italy and they were like outside, even though that was cathartic in a different way. And they were like when they were ready to go take the company back or whatever or block yeah. the deal. Yeah. And I also just thematically was, I appreciated that scene because every time that they've been like quote unquote hosted by their mother, they, they are 
always referencing the fact that she like never feeds them. Like she never actually produces enough food or like that, even though Kim, they're so well, she gave them the bird full of pellets. What do you mean? <laughs> the, the, the booties. I always called the ends of bread butts. They were always bread butts in my house. But like the fact that they, in that moment, we're coming together, even in their own like little, you know, we're ironically being friends and we're ironically cooking you food, Kendall or whatever. But like the way that they were like trying to nourish each other off of just like the crumbs that their mother had. And then they obviously don't have their father anymore. It was just, it was a very nice sibling moment of like, oh, you can out of the crap you've been dealt, maybe figure out how to make yourselves a little bit of a better life here. I did. I I thought they broke at one point when, um, when Snook, caught all three of the pieces yeah, of bread, that, were, bread. that was that was genuinely impressive like to catch all three of those in a row that quickly it's like that's yeah. hard mm-hmm, mm-hmm. True. shout yeah. out to sarah snook and yeah. and or shiv shiv Roy. You can't you can't fake that you can't act your way into catching all the bread you know that takes skill frozen knobbies <laughs> Mm. Oh my god, CC the, in the comments. The nobbies are my favorite part of the bread. That's that's true psycho behavior. Kim, do you like the <laughs> the, no, the the nobbies of the bread? I think they're no. horrible. No, are, no. Oh, they're they're by far the worst. Um, the nobbies are the ones that you tear up and feed to ducks. Yeah, or you make into croutons. The yeah. order the order of the bees says uh, the hint of how this is going to turn left was Shiv spitting in his meal. It said it all. Um, it you know it weirdly oh, reminded wow, of that's really good. It reminded me of this scene in Memento, uh, the Christopher Nolan movie, where Carrie Ann Moss spits into Leonard Shelby's drink and then like hands it to him before he like drinks from it. I don't know if you guys remember that that movie, but um, very different circumstances, me, like, of course. It makes me like just like <laughs> my it's just yeah. a shiver. Yeah. Uh, so then, uh, then we get to the end. We get to the the end game, right? They they all head to the board meeting. Uh, there's this stopover at Connor's new palatial estate oh. right, where they see this. <laughs> Wait, what's wrong? Kim? <laughs> Kim's sad side. Really is... I just, I wanted to know what she was so sad about. Sorry, Dave, finish your description. It's such a depressing, like it was already a depressing home in my opinion. And like, it's so much sadder when it's all like, really being part and parceled out for like an estate sale, but they're in like the pre-estate sale phase where it's like family gets to identify what they're, it just felt all, it felt very cold and sad to me. And not what I, I thought Connor and Willow were going to be our sort of happy couple. And then I was like, Oh no. Yeah. No one's happy. No one's allowed to be happy. Who would have thought that we would get another Logan Roy appearance in the episode, which is apparently a, a scene filmed on an iPhone. Uh, and the kids watch it together and they have a little bonding moment. So this is like another moment where they're all coming together and things like, hey, it's it's only upside for the kids from this point forward, right? Like there's nothing bad's going to happen mm-hmm. from this point forward. So Kim, did you cry then when you no. saw Jeremy Strong cry or when you saw Kendall crying and like and they were all feeling like that, like real closure from their dad's death? It felt it felt like sweet to me, but I didn't feel mm-hmm. myself getting emotional. I think I was distracted by like the, the footage that I was bread. also watching. Oh. But it it felt super. It felt very true to life in that like that just happens, right? Once you're in that phase of grieving and like funerals, and oh, now we're like mm-hmm. dipping up the stuff or whatever. Like I think it's very it's you, the mood in a room can go very quickly from oh we're all just doing this. It's the natural order order of business. Yes, yes. I want mother's china to like 
oh, fuck, this is real and this is happening and we're all going to have a moment here to like cry and then like gather ourselves and move on. So I recognize it as a very like tender and relatable thing, but still nothing, nothing since Roman breaking down at the funeral has made me like fully cry in succession. Mm -hmm. But maybe I'm just... Maybe it's a phase. No. Maybe it's a 24 hours I'm going through of not crying. I don't know. <laughs> oh, there was there was one other very random thing I wanted to acknowledge that I really liked about um, the lead up to uh, all the siblings bonding. And that is that once Kendall uncovers Matson's plan to make someone else CEO, Shiv needs some way to verify that that is true. And so Kendall says, hey, go ask Carolina for the press release mm. you'll see that your name is not on it anymore and i mean i am skeptical as to whether carolina would send her the press release in that condition but uh that felt to me like oh that feels like relatively true if there's something that you're leaving out until the very last minute it would be reflecting the press release david cho i'm curious you know if you have any opinion on how realistically that all played out with shiv being screwed out of having the ceo job at the end there i thought that was really accurate i also thought that when so they call the banker Telly um, yes. as like an independent third party. Yeah. And Kendall calls him and he says, hey, man, did you get my text? And he's like, yeah, I just got it. I just read it. <laughs> and then he asks him, do you think Shiv is going to get fired? Like I said, effectively, I was like, damn, did Kendall just really like 12D chess it and send him a text telling, telling oh. Telly to be like, tell Shiv that she's fucked. Whether you know it or not, because mm. it mm. and like because he like he's like should we call Laird should we call Telly and like he kind of is like I'm sure he sent text to both of them mm-hmm. saying we're gonna call you just tell her it's fucked because he knows he I, I believe that he knows that it is fucked mm-hmm. but he needs that really driven home right and so I kind of like that was sort of a uh, I thought yeah. that was good gamesmanship by by Kendall that makes sense that may, that's something that he that's very plausible that he would do yeah and it's um, like it's like the way it's like done it's in a way where it's like. When, he, when the first thing he says, did you get my text? Yeah. It's like that to me was like such a specific reference mm. to mm. how you would do that. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he is, he's like, he's not bad at a lot of stuff. Like he's pretty, like the thing is like, we spent the last three episodes seeing Kendall being actually pretty good at being the Waystar CEO. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, like launching like Living Plus and all that stuff. Like I, you know, I, I don't agree with the, the product, but it's like, he did a good job. You know, and it's yeah. like he did a good job at the funeral and it's like, you know, he he was pulling it together, which is but like all of that was why he was never going to win, because this is not a show where that's that's what wins. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think they never they made it clear that that wasn't it wasn't sustainable for Kendall or Roman to keep it up, even though they, I feel like they both had their fits and starts of being effective successors to Logan. Right. But it was obvious that they couldn't. They like ultimately, I feel like every time that they really tried to follow it through, they would fall apart. And it feels like Shiv saw again, not to jump ahead, but like I'm still not totally sure about all of Shiv's motivations and in what order they came to her. But like, I do think that she recognized that, like, yes, Kendall could do that, but that doesn't mean that he should or that like that will be a sustainable thing for him to step into. Sp- speaking of uh, corporate realism, another thing I really appreciated about it was at the end of the episode. So they get, we get to the board meeting, okay? Um, and uh, Kendall holds up the packet that is that lays out all the stuff about the Gojo acquisition. And on the packet 
it says Project Mediterranean. That like that they they named the acquisition deal Project Mediterranean. That feels to me extremely realistic. Like I have um, been part of Project Blank. And it's mm-hmm. like not all Project Blank are like a bit like we're launching a new iPhone. It's like Project Blank can just be this is a big business deal or it's a big sort of thing that requires a lot of coordination to execute. Um, yeah. So I appreciate that. David Cho, you agree? Totally. Of course. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Love a good project. Co- Naming love a good a project, project code name is really exactly. fun. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And and it's kind of like vague enough that it's like, oh, I can kind of see how you got there. But if you do it well, yeah. if you do it right, yeah. it's like poetic and symbolic. Yes. and. Exactly. You know, right. Mediterranean has something to do. Like I, like, I'm sure there's like a good story behind it too. I, yeah. We'll find out. We'll find that out in like a David Itzkoff interview in the next two days. There is a uh, so the the vote begins. Let's just say, uh, and they start going around the table, and it's six v six, and it's time for Shiv's vote, and it's it feels very similar to season one episode six as we've discussed. Um, there is. This moment when Roman votes, and then like I think Kendall's like F yeah because last time it was Roman's lack of vote that completely screwed him out of the whole deal, right? So when Roman votes in on Kendall's side, it's like Kendall's like yes, like home stretch, baby. Like Kendall's no- Kendall's never seen the show Succession. <laughs> <laughs> if he'd seen the show, he'd know that 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 yeah, baby was the was the nail in the coffin for him. Can't count your chickens before they've hatched. Shiv storms out of the room, and they have this big confrontation where uh, Shiv oh. has decided that she changes her mind. And I think, uh, as you were saying, Kim, I think there's there's not, like, at this moment as we're recording, we probably still have some disagreement about why she changed her mind. David Cho, what was your kind of, what's your kind of operating idea for why Shiv changed her mind at the end? I think that Shiv did it because... Shiv wanted to feel like she was someone who loved. I think she wanted to feel like she could do something for her partner, for her husband, for her child, and set their family up to succeed. And I think she's struggled with how she like I think she struggled with being a good person and a and a fit mother per what her mother is like instilled in her from an insecurity perspective. And and I think it's like, you know, it's like what did they fight what did what was oh yeah shiv and tom had that last fight in the house at 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 at, uh logan's house when like she finds out that tom got the job Mm -hmm. and i think she's really trying to figure out like what is what is the thing i can do to be someone who actually isn't selfish for once you know because like tom says to her like you would have done the same thing and i think between that and the other fights they've had over the last like four episodes which are very like those are the most devastating fights like when the one that him and her the two of them have outside on their balconies like it's so real and it's so like every single painful and vulnerable thing is just like so like publicly articulate or so like specifically articulated i think Mm -hmm. to me that's what it was i don't think it was anything aside like i don't think it had, had anything to do with honestly kendall's merit i think she did it for tom and because it's like we saw, we've seen her fuck over Tom every which way for the last four years of TV time or of our time, you know? Yeah, I, I saw a lot of chatter online that's like, for once, Shiv was thinking about her family instead of her family. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. she was thinking about her family. And I think that's a great way of conceptualizing it. So that's that strikes me as the most plausible. Now then, 
all the other stuff, like the dead waiter and lying about that, and all, like that kind of like puts her over the edge. But I, I think I agree. With, like that's where my head is at is with David Cho that like that's kind of the initial idea of why she changed her mind. That plus that plus David Cho, she realizes that Kendall is not a good fit after all because that's, I, think he, it, I mean that's what she opens show, with that's what she but opens he didn't with. show anything that 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 would would make her think that yeah well i think she just kind of like thought about it and realized hey this is actually a bad idea kind of thing you know what i mean i like, mean it's 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 the most her dad thing she could have done is to mm-hmm. not believe in kendall and not believe in any of the kids <laughs> you know what i mean yeah uh kim renfro yeah. any thoughts on uh shiv's big t- uh, turn at the end i think i i agree with the fact that all of those things were in her head, I guess I, I'm i not as inclined to think that she did it for Tom or with Tom's feelings. You don't think she did to like prove to Tom? I think she did it because she realized after, like, in the course of what the last two seasons for sure, but at least like the last like several episodes. She thought that she gained her brother's confidence and like support and lost it very quickly. She thought she gained Matson's support and confidence and then lost that very quickly too. And she had clearly pushed Tom away as far as possible. Like at the start of this episode, how she's kind of like trying to reopen that door. Mm-hmm. And he's obviously very reluctant to it, which I don't blame him because it just feels a little like opportunist at that point. But like, I think that she saw the only path forward for herself was to stay attached to Tom. So and you think it's forever selfishness? It's mm, forever like self-preservation. I think it's I I think it is her instinct to like just think that she has to look out for herself and that's it. And for her right now, staying married to Tom, having his baby, having it be like, oh, we're married, we're co-raising this kid. And I'm also presumably going to continue influencing ATN and or Pierce or whatever news thing She's through still my husband. Like, it felt like a mutually assured compromise mm. from both of them. And, like, I believed her when she said, like, okay, we've already said the worst things we could ever say to each other. So now I feel like I can't possibly, like, mess this up more than I already did. So they're kind of restarting, but like from the agreed upon place that like, I don't know. It do, it does not feel like there is any actual love or respect there. It feels like they have both resigned themselves to knowing that if they want to maintain power and influence the way that they both really want to, they like have to do it together. Plus I like the whole bloodline stuff also like caught me off guard when the siblings yeah, were fighting. Really shocking stuff because I mean, that, that shit was dark. That was it's dark. dark. Right. So so what and we're talking about? Shiv, wait, to put I think a, that, that clicked for Shiv in well, a weird really, way. So to, let's let, let's explain what that is. Oh, sorry, did you ever? Wait, no, I would have. Yeah, 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 I just on the on the thing, Kim. I wonder, like, like to me, I don't think I I wasn't trying to say that Shiv is was actually like capable of like unselfish behavior, but more <laughs> yeah. that the idea that she wants to think that she is someone who can do that. And sort of like took that route, but I mean, I don't know. It's like I, I, it, it's probably honestly like like many human decisions, a combination of all of the above, right? Totally. It's like they're all sort of. There's something, Dave. Before we move on, there's something in the chat that I think is that we forgot about, which is the 
Kendall. Yeah, I, I, that's, Roman, I was gonna get. Hug. I was gonna get to that next. I was gonna get. To that oh next. yeah, because so, yeah. that was before that, right? That's like yeah, yeah, it was before. Going to yeah. The... So, so um, oh. the, or, the order of the yeah, bees mentioned right? in the chat. I hope you guys talk about that hug when Roman began to break down. That was a weird hug and felt more like a kill. So there's this moment when Roman is saying like, "Hey, like Jerry comes in. He's very upset by that." And then he says to Kendall, like, it could have been me. And Kendall's like, yeah, it could, it could have been you. It was very marginal. It almost was you. And then he kind of gives him this hug. And it's this very intense embrace where it's, it's so tight of a hug that it literally, like, ruptures Roman's wound, like, wound stitching on his head. Like, it, it ripped the stitches. Now, I originally thought it was like, oh, it's to rip the stitches out so that way... Roman doesn't need to go to the meeting. He has a good excuse to not go to the meeting. But then oh, he shows up at the meeting anyway. Weird, like kink shit too. It's just yeah. like he loves. He's like it has a masochistic like pain thing as well, where it's like he yeah. wants to be. He wants to feel that pain. Yeah, and to drive his forehead into that. Yeah, into his yeah. brother's shoulder is just. Who, like, so you thought Roman was the one that was like? Oh, I thought Roman hug. was. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, Kim, yeah. what did you think? I thought Roman in that moment was feeling like he couldn't go into that room and face everyone and say, I'm not even like fighting for it to be me anymore. It's definitely Kendall without having some sort of like physical sign of his breakdown that he was going through. Right. Because like, I think that he felt pretty positioned to either continue to be co-CEO or to step into that right up until he got up on that eulogy pedestal. And like fell apart. And to me, like all all the things that he was saying about, oh, like it actually like looks pretty good. Like it doesn't look that bad. He's talking about the physical wound on his body at that point. Yes. He, I think that he, I read it as him and Kendall both acknowledged in the same moment and decided to like do this thing in a weird way to make, to make Roman appear worse than he might be physically for the sake of him having like more of a cover of like, this is why I can't do this right now. This is why I can't fight so hard. Like I'm in a terrible, Hmm. I'm in terrible straits. And like, it's like a, almost like a, a, a cover plus combined with something that again, a lot of dark stuff in this episode, but that I recognized, which is that sometimes especially when I was a kid. And I think a lot of Roman is like trapped in his like, childhood years i think that we've seen that come out a lot especially when he was breaking down at the funeral and like the way that he was asking like is he in there can we get him out like it was very like this childlike understanding of how to express feelings or thoughts and like when i was younger i would have times where like i was in a lot of emotional pain and it frustrated me that people can't see that or that like a kid with a broken arm gets a lot of sympathy and gets a lot of, oh my God, what happened to you? Or like, that's so sad. But then like that feeling of like, oh, if I had a physical injury, people would be able to offer me sympathy and support in a way that I don't know how to ask for when there's nothing visible wrong going on, you know? So like that, I, that immediately clicked to me as like Roman feeling like he needed a physical manifestation of the pain that he was in in order to face that room or like not just shrink away entirely. I mean, it was, it was like him doing what he did at the end of the last episode again. Right. Yeah. He wants, he wants to feel anything, everything. And just like, you know, wants the pain. Oh yeah. It was Uh, like physical, physical pain is easier for him to process than emotional pain. 
I think. And and especially given that he's the only kid of Logan's that we saw physically hit multiple times. It's dark. <sighs> so then uh, there is a big... <laughs> There is a massive fight that breaks out between the siblings, and it's incredible. I, I think this is like some of Jeremy Strong's strongest work. Um, mm. Just complete regression. You know, the, the part where he says, like, I'm the eldest boy. That's like one of the key lines of the episode, and it, it's really like... You're not. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just it's just like, wow, he, the, the, the arguments have been reduced to this, and you you sense he's like an... You sense like how much of an addict he is, and uh, he's jonesing for control, and he. This is what's going to give his life meaning and purpose. Um, by the way, in the chat, uh, somebody said something about uh, Shiv. Uh, Aaron Credible says Shiv betrayed her siblings so that her estranged husband could get a temp t- CEO job that Matson could fire him from any time. Uh, end quote. I think Aaron is trying to say that Shiv made a bad move, or that's uncharacter, or it wasn't worth it. But it's like. That strikes me as pretty standard for any of these Roy children. Like they're always just looking for the next thing. They don't. They don't care what the long term plan is. They're just like, let's get to the next thing. So I actually find that to be actually an accurate and sad uh, description of what happens. But yeah, I thought the the, the Jeremy Strong breakdown was incredible. Um, David Cho, any thoughts on like how this final confrontation plays out? I mean, I think it's. I think it's so sad and dark to see someone do whatever they can to grasp at this thing that they want so badly i I think it's just like i don't know it's like fucking it's it's so dark and it's just so tragic and it's just like and it's it's funny because it's like he really no sympathy for kendall as a on a human level but as a character we watch on tv it's like it's just crazy to see this person have this thing dangled in front of him so many times and just have it like you know it's just it's like lucy with the football every single Mm -hmm. time and every time it's it just gets closer and closer and it's just like that was the one thing that i i did feel weird about with the finale of just like it's just it's both accurately so repetitive but also so repetitive you know what i mean it's like Mm -hmm. it's something we'd seen so many times just to see it happen again for some reason just like you know it's both the most correct thing but also in some ways the most frustrating thing to see I liked that at least they went meta with their mom being like, oh, an important board meeting. I've never had anything in my life interrupted for a big board meeting. (laughs) I was like, yeah, this (laughs) is the exact same thing that we've done so many times. (sighs) There are a lot of amazing moments in the final confrontation. Um, Kendall's breakdown and his whole attitude during that scene is is just amazing to watch. the idea of just being so close, like he has worked for four freaking seasons and he is one vote away from achieving that, which he wants. It's just like, Oh, so tragic and poetic and sad. And then it gets super dark as we, as you mentioned, David Cho, which is, uh, they start talking about bloodlines, right? Uh, which is like really upsetting where, you know, uh, Roman says like, Oh, Shiv, like she's in the bloodline. It's not going to be Roman. It's not going to be Kendall. Um, Roman then describes Kendall's children. Now we've seen Kendall's children. Um, they, uh, it, it seems like one of them is, uh, well, it, it seems like one of them is not their biological child. Right. And yeah. what we find out, according to Roman, this is the language Roman's using. I do not 
endorse this language. Um, but he says one is a buy-in and one is half Rava, half filing cabinet guy. Dave, I can't like, believe you said that. Oh my god, is that is that what you think? Is that how you, is that how your brain works? I don't oh, even know what disgusting. I, I don't even know what that even means. Like half filing cabinet, but anyway, it's very it's very disparaging. And so it's like Shiv is the only one who's like um, bloodline who, who will continue the Roy bloodline because um, it's not going to be Kendall. It's not going to be Roman. Uh, except I don't for think Roman's kid from the pilot. Uh, yeah, except for Roman who will never, who we shall never speak of again. Uh, but but yes, when, Roman Roman was quoting Logan, but obviously uh, he was deploying that language in a very upsetting way, in my opinion. Like that's like, and and of course, like very dark, and it causes them to fight. And bro, when um, he went for the face eggs, are you kidding me? I know. Oh my god, <laughs> the face eggs. I, yeah. I someone someone in the chat. I'm sorry, I can't find the comment now. But some, somebody said uh, like. Kendall's arc went from like defending Roman from Logan at Argestes yeah. to now he's like attacking Roman himself, right? He has truly become his father in this episode. Yeah. The fan um, cams are going to go crazy with this one. Yeah. I'm not prepared. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh and then it's over. Like Kendall tries to go, he tries to salvage it, he like walks in and he's like the we little hair tufts like it's just like the very slight dysfunction of like his hair in that moment while he's like trying to like stiffen back in like power mode he's like yeah let's adjourn this meeting and frank's like it's over man it's over like someone already you can't even adjourn the meeting right it's already happened it's over also i mean i I guess i was a prank of what i can't believe he couldn't get frank Mm -hmm. i thought he had frank when they were talking in the coat room uh no, Wait, sorry, I also wonder. I I was I was gonna say I wonder if Shiv was surprised by Sandy going yes because it felt like before the actual vote happened that felt Shiv like it was, got edited out. Yeah, because she because she does power walking to go talk to Sandy with Stewie, right? And then it's just it's like it's like a non factor that they didn't get her. Right. Yeah, that, that was like that was weird because go, going in it seemed like they had Sandy. Right. That was like yeah. right. Yeah. Well, That's they make it a like, point to be like, oh, they're going to like Stewie and, and Shiv are going to go get Sandy and Sandy. And she does a very good walk through a hallway to go see him. And right. Then, yeah. That was that just popped in my head as maybe one more reason why Shiv might have waffled when it got to her. Mm-hmm. Maybe she wasn't maybe she wasn't expecting to be the deciding vote. Right. In the right. majority. And that's also that was another of the, again the many factors that we've gone into of like what made her get out of that chair and walk. When out it's of all room. said and done, like Roy kids are gonna Roy kids, you know what I yeah. mean? And that's just what happened in this episode. It's like they they Roy kids the most they could have ever Roy kids. <laughs> yes, the whole they thing I was the, the whole time I was wondering to myself, uh, how much of this can everyone hear? Because it seems like they, based on the <laughs> cutaways, it seems like they can hear everything. It seems like. When you hear you hear from their perspective, like the board perspective, it seems like you can hear everything, which is wild to me. Um, yeah. And then when they start fighting, it's <sighs> like the the whole point of the day is to present to the board like we are a credible alternative to this. So when they're like physically beating each other up, it's like it's over, man. They've already yeah. destroyed all their credibility. It's brutal. 
brutal. And then so. Kendall Kendall gets in an elevator, and then there was like another person in the elevator, and I was the like, other oh, guy looks so happy in the elevator. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, bro, read the room. <laughs> but I was like, okay, Kendall's not riding the elevator to the roof by himself. That's a plus. And then it was like, again, he was off camera for a little too long, and I was like, someone. <laughs> Someone check me back in on Kendall. I'm so stressed this entire time. I'm not seeing Kendall on screen. They 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 CGI'd in that shot of Colin walking behind Kendall because <laughs> they could. They knew Kim wouldn't be able to handle it <laughs> if we saw a yeah. Kendall walking down the street towards water by himself. I thought he was about to take off his coat, not sit on the bench, and I was like, no. but then he i was like he sat down and they showed me colin and i was like i feel okay now but then it was like cut to black and i still haven't fully processed everything there is also a nice moment where uh tom talks to greg and you think tom is gonna cut greg out but he lets him back in that's how deep their love goes is greg has just betrayed tom like in the most brutal fashion possible and tom is still like you know what I still got a place for you because Tom needs a Greg in his life. Tom needs a Greg. That's the kind of the sticker moment was adorable. It was. Yeah, that was nice. I, um, I thought that, that is the true love story. Those are the two people. Forget about Connor, Willa, Tom, Shiv, Tom, and Greg. Those are the two people that love each other the most in this show, right? I think we all know that. So, um, anyway, shall we get to the final shots or uh, anything else before we wrap up tonight, folks? Um, if you're in the chat, this is your last opportunity to to put topics that you want us to discuss. Um, but yeah, you guys, you can't soundproof glass offices like that. It's like, sounds going to travel, you know? Yeah. Reverberate even. Yeah. (laughs) People can lip read, you know what I mean? Like it's not. (laughs) People can slide a phone under that gap (laughs) of any glass wall office. That's the thing too. Is like, you got to imagine there's going to be like leaks of that, you know, like there's so many witnesses. There's like dozens of people there they they would someone's tweeting about something that they dming some some journalist about someone's skeeting about yeah someone's ske- Kendall's, someone's Kendall's gonna play the best game of good tweet bad tweet <laughs> someone's mastituting about that yeah um so uh the final shots uh we get a scene of tom and shiv and i actually kind of liked it tom puts his hand out flat palm and then shiv kind of like awkwardly positions her hand on top of his oh wait uh, oh wait yeah the witch we have to talk about the witch when when uh when they're fighting and he's like you killed that guy and then and then kendall's like witch (laughs) and it's so fucking weird yeah do we think think there are multiple yeah than one person I, I don't think so. I think uh, that was not my interpretation. My interpretation was just that he had completely He's put panicking. it out of his head. He, was, he had completely put that idea out of his head. Like he, it was, you know, NRPI, like he was not even thinking about that person as a factor. But yeah, the moment when he's like, I didn't get, I just made that up. The, that's, that's like the lowest that Kendall has ever sunk in his entire life. Like mm. when he's like, I made up that I killed this person because I thought I needed something to bring us together. And then, and then the, they re- like Shiv and Roman react more violently to that than if he had just copped to it at that, you know, like they're like, yeah. Whoa, that's really messed up that you made that up. Like, if that's yeah. a fact, so yeah. yeah, I think it's worse to kill someone than to make it up. <laughs> Call Good me crazy. Let me, let me, let me write that one down. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I'd say thanks, on the David scale, Chow. I think. I'd say on the scale of things, I think making it up is better than murdering someone or, you know, being responsible for someone's death. Yeah. Ugh. 
Some A A E S in the chat says he memory hold NRPI. So which was him asking who are you talking about? But yeah, yeah, I think that okay. that, that feels like the right read. Okay, uh, but I, I also like that Greg was still in the room when they signed the contract, and Matson acknowledges Greg and is like, "We have the whole Jesus and the disciples and Judas here," which is just like, uh, I don't know that Matson would really take a betrayal like that, but that is like kind of funny to me that. You know, Greg's probably still going to be involved in the company uh, after this point. So I was I I texted Dave and Kim before the show started airing being like, if it ends up being Greg, I'm going to be so (laughs) upset. And at one point, there's something where Madsen says something about like he wants a good looking CEO or something like that. And I was like, oh, fuck. He called Greg sexy last episode. It's going to fucking be Greg and I'm going to hate this show. (laughs) And I was really worried about that the entire time. Um, I I feel like I get partial credit <laughs> for guessing that Greg was going to f- continue failing upward this season. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't not. Yeah, but, but but whether it's Greg or Tom, I think like Greg the or theory Tom was yeah, yeah the theory Greg, holds. Greg or Tom being on top is like either one reaffirms kind of the thesis of the show, right? Which is like yeah. this empty-headed, no talent person can fail their way to the top. And yeah. of HBO that was Max, dem- yeah, of, of, of Warner Brothers, <laughs> of Warner Brothers HBO Discovery. This David Zaslav esque, I mean, Greg esque person can <laughs> fail their way to the top, even though they have no idea what the hell they're doing. Yeah, okay. I also like full like gasp out loud moment when like <laughs> Nicholas Braun making what I think was full contact with. Uh, Matthew McFadyen's oh face yeah 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 in that yeah. like like yeah. the first the first slap was good but like I've seen Tom I, I I think that I had in my mind what it would look like for Tom to slap a person but like Greg's arm coming out like that and just walloping Tom in the face was so good there was a but lot I, of really good rich white guys who don't want to actually get in a fight fighting in this episode of just like that thing of like, they're not afraid to do the first thing, but everything after that, they kind of want to just like avoid at all t- in all, yeah. uh, in all ways possible. Yeah. Ugh. I'm, I'm just going to guess that's not the last Tom Greg bathroom tussle that will happen mm-hmm. in their lives. Uh, I wanted to acknowledge uh Rubalicious in the chat says David Cho is hella funny. Wow. Hella funny. David Cho is hella funny. David Chen's uh, gonna take that as a personal insult. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. All right. I'm so hear anyway, about that from David Chen for weeks. As, as I was saying, uh, Tom puts his, puts his hand out. Shiv kind of rests her hand on top awkwardly, uh. and like they don't actually hold hands. And it's kind of like, it's like, hey, we've agreed that maybe this uh, situationship is what we need. You know? Yeah, I said this earlier, but big end of Gone Girl energy to me of like two terrible people who have now agreed mm. to be trapped in a terrible marriage for the rest of their lives. Cause it's the best that they think they can do mm-hmm. while maintaining yeah. the power and status that they want. Also being in an unhappy relationship is very, very sad and tragic and dark and all that. Like it's like to be, to be at that moment to be Tom and to not have mm-hmm. your wife, like hold your hand in a real way. And for Shiv to be like trying to start this family with this person who like, she just has no, real love towards it's just like i don't know it's so it's it's so so dark doesn't bode well for that child yeah 
Uh, we see Roman, like a glimpse of Roman in a bar with, like, like I said, an impish smile. That's that's uh, it's a, a little bit of a low key ending for Roman, I think. You know, um, guys, just having a martini. Yeah, he's just like, all right, I'm just gonna go on living my life, and that, that's it. You know, what was up with martinis in this episode? <laughs> Matson, Matson was drinking a martini. It's too. a great drink. What do you mean? What's up I, with the martini? I, well, it's I mean, I know it's a great drink. It's like my go to. I just feel like we don't normally see martinis in the show. It's usually a lot of brown liquor in round cups, and like it felt like Kendall there was did, a little Kendall more did pomp. A little brown. Kendall did yeah. a little brown way we got in the office. Uh, yeah. <laughs> of course he did. Of course he did some brown. <laughs> Let's uh, talk about uh, the Kendall final shot. He's <gasps> Wait, he's kind of... Go, go ahead. What, what's I up? I saw here? someone pointing out Jerry loves martinis, and I think that that's it. Mm-hmm. That just answered my question. Oh, Jerry it. is oh Jerry is one of the only characters we've seen regularly drinking martinis, and Roman being sad and knowing that he has forever ruined his relationship with Jerry and drinking a martini alone. Wow. Ron Dawson says, I actually think Tom and Shiv will eventually reconcile and have genuine love for each other. They have the seeds of it. I've seen worse marriages be saved. I don't know if I agree with that. That's so sweet, but also no fucking way. (laughs) Well, I'm mostly like, I love that for you. I love that. I I love that optimism for you. (laughs) But, Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, Roman actually initiated, I- imitated Jerry asking for a martini in an episode. I don't re- remember that. Is that but... the one where he makes fun of uh, the other, the boyfriend that that uh, mm. that Jerry has? Or maybe yeah, it's when yeah. they're at the bar at the tailgate party. Uh, Aaron Credible says, Tom Wamsgams is like the Jamie Lannister of the show. You hate him at first and he's a dick, but then he goes through so much shit for the entire show. At the end, you really feel sorry for him. Yeah, uh, he's, I he's, deeply he's disagree with that. I don't know. <laughs> well, no, no, no. But like Kim, think of it this way: it's he's like when he's more like when, the torment of the show, right? No, I'm just joking. I don't know. When I'm just making these when up. he's when like Tom does have the shittiest moments though, where it's like the night of the wedding or the guy who she's been cheating on him with, and she's like asking for an open marriage the night of the wedding when they're at that rock beach at the end of season two. And she's like, what was the, like, she was just talking about how much she doesn't love him. And then, like, it's just like, it's the, it is so, so bad every single time. I'm not not saying that that he didn't, like, go through the, the, the depths of tragedy that maybe it's also what he signed i just don't i don't think that he has nearly atoned for his sins in the way that jamie wound up at least starting to. Like, Tom doesn't have a single person that he's actually, like, looking out for. Well, you remember in season three though when he had his arm, her hand chopped off. Um, mm-hmm. I think for for the for the human um, table things. Right? <laughs> I don't know that happened to Jamie Lannister, right? He had his hand chopped yeah, off. Yeah, he had it. Yeah, he had, he got his hand chopped off because he was defending Brienne from being assaulted. <sighs> Tom has Tom has never done anything chivalrous. Wait, Kim, life. I have a real question for you. Do you think Do you think that this that Succession is better than Game of, Succession? The TV show is better than Game of Thrones. The TV show literally can't answer that come on yeah, just why, do it no 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 david i we, mean we've not, had not a very be, pleasant not chat because, let's not ruin not be, it let's not ruin not it, because i'm trying to like dodge having a hot take i'm just someone who needs to like process things mm, multiple fair. times like i'm gonna need to rewatch season four of succession and probably the whole thing before i feel confident enough to make an assessment in that i way. don't think i could rewatch the election episode again it like it took me to such a dark place i don't think i could do it I could barely watch rewatch too much birthday again. So which one is yeah. too much birthday? Kendall's birthday. The one where Roman pushes. Oh, where him he pushes them down. down. Yeah. Oh, oh, pain, pain. And also, I'm sad. 
Speaking of loose ends we never got, Kendall did not sing a goddamn song this season. Mm. And I'm really sad about it. Here's the thing, I, though. It's like they'd, they'd, when you have L to the OG, it's really hard to do <laughs> another song. You know what I mean? Just because, like, you can't, that's when you reach that high, it's like, you're, it's like, how do you, how do you put out another song when you've done that? You know, you've made something, you've made an image that's so iconic with just like when he's like, has his like, arm flipped out a little bit uh it's like it's so special no you're right i was thinking more like again that the, like the too much birthday episode we see him like rehearsing a song yeah, but like song not the actual beginning. so i was like i was like there has to be some other iteration and then when they went to karaoke i was like oh he's gonna sing a song karaoke and then only connor <laughs> sang a song and i didn't get my kendall song so that's more of my i'm gonna write some good fan fiction about kendall standing up from that bench after having gazed out at the statue of liberty and going to a karaoke bar and performing. I think he's at Brookfield Mall when that's happening, which Ooh. is very dark. Yeah. Good call, good call. So a a Twitter account called Kendall Hosini has tweeted that Jeremy Strong said they did a shot where Kendall climbed over the rail and Colin runs to stop him, end quote. I have no idea if this is just some BS this account made up. And it's very possible it. It, very possible it could be. But I just wanted to throw that out there. Um but uh, hey, but so I tweeted uh, or I Instagrammed uh, my predictions for today's finale today, and I got a bunch of stuff wrong. I thought Greg would be the winner, <laughs> uh, but I did predict that the final shot of the show would be Kendall Roy, and gotta say it was it was Kendall's show when it's all Kendall Roy and it really water was Kendall's show nailed it. Yeah, Kendall it, Roy and water. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was Kendall's the... show. Yeah, go ahead, Kim. Sorry, I was just reading the chat. I don't think it was the South Street Seaport. I think I was literally just there. I think it's. I think that it's somewhere between no, Battery Park and the Brookfield Center. No, I like, think it's the it's the it's the little thing in Brookfield where it's like when you walk out of the mall and then there's mm-hmm. like that big cement area. I believe yeah. it's there. I'm like I'm like seventy five percent sure. I'll, I'll check. Oh, uh, okay. Apparently that story is true. They uh, somebody it's CD in the chat is saying it's true. He said it on the HBO podcast where they did a shot where he went over the rail. Um, yeah. I think they went with the more subdued and better choice <laughs> for the ending. That would have been a very different tone if it ended with Kendall trying to jump over the rail and Colin stopping him. Um, it wouldn't have been out of character, but I think it would no. have really been a different tone. You know, It would have been a much weirder way to end it. On. Yes. I, I thought... As it, it, would run the risk of being water, comical. it would run the risk of being comical right. almost. You know, anyway, I thought as he was approaching the banister i felt like he was going to jump in and i i had clocked that colin was following him and i was like is colin if he did would colin stop him or would colin let it happen which is again very dark but like yeah because we know colin's not super happy about working for him you know so no and we know that colin knows that there's a lot of skeletons in his closet and like i don't know i don't know that's that's where my head went and then again he didn't take off his jacket and he sat down and i was like okay they're not going with that they're going with like we're ending on this reflective moment of kendall well, it's also it's like us. kendall has the rest of his life to end his life you know what i mean yeah. it's like i think that's just the immediate moment it's like he's gonna be yeah. wallowing in this for a while i just hope they all go find good therapy yeah, uh, I think yeah, I, I think it's a great way to end the show, David Cho, as you put it. Like it's it, it has been Kendall's show. It's very poetic. It's very uh, it, it, it's his is the journey that I think we are we we follow the most throughout the show. And so for it to end on him, um, kind of realizing that he has nothing left, the thing he longed for most is denied him. 
uh, and he needs to live with that for the rest of his life, I think is really appropriate. In the after the episode, Jesse Armstrong was saying how like yeah this this is he will look back on this as like the defining moment of his entire life, yeah. And uh, we get to witness it here on the series finale of Succession. Uh, we are we'll read a few more comments uh, before we wrap up here, but I do want to mention if you're just joining us, we have several hundred people watching and chatting with us at YouTube.com/decodingtv, and if you're enjoying this chat. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast at podcast.decodingtv.com. You can support the show at decodingtv.com. And be sure you check out the work of these fine people that I'm talking with, David Cho and Kim Renfro. Um, But David Cho and Kim Renfro, any closing thoughts on this show? We'll do another. We're obviously going to do a separate episode postmortem. But uh, any any closing thoughts on this episode of the show as we wrap up here tonight? David Cho, any, any other thoughts? Oh, me? Oh, yeah, stop sure. starting with me first. No, Kim, you go first. I don't have anything. I mean, I just, I was, re- I was reflecting before the episode of like what I felt like the show was really trying to get at. And I kept coming back to the speech that Ewan gave in episode nine, where he alludes to the fact that at some point, Logan stopped trying to disavow himself of the notion that he had he had possibly been responsible for his sister's death and therefore that like he was trapped in this sort of like self-punishment cycle his whole life and i saw so clearly that that's where kendall was heading and i do think that that's part of the point that jesse armstrong is trying to make is that like you have to keep trying right like don't like that kendall's that little stride Kendall hit right after his father's funeral of like, I'm not going to try anymore and I'm just going to be my father and damned my past or my own like mental struggles and what I might need to overcome in order to like be a better father or be a better sibling. I I wasn't sure how they were going to wrap that up in an episode. And I think that they did do a, a good job of, of driving that point home of that. Sometimes it's just about, having to keep trying even after whatever dream you thought that you were living for or whatever messed up thing you thought that you couldn't overcome happens. Yeah. Yeah. I think to the, to that same point, I think it's, um, hurt people, hurt people. Everyone should go to therapy and, um, (laughs) really try to sort out the ways our parents have affected the way we think about our lives. And, Mm. you know, even, even with the best intentions, we, we all have things we have to work through. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I, you know, the, the chat's really going in on this cheese thing. And I, I think they're right. I think, you know, what happened? Like, what happened to Peter's cheese? You know, like, did he we'll eat never... the cheese after, all, after, <laughs> after it was all said and done? It's so true. It's so true. It's the biggest mystery that succession present, presents to us. Um, by the way, David Depot in the chat says, going to become a patron for the David Show episodes. David is referring to the fact that at patreon.com slash Dave Chen, uh, I do an ongoing series called Dave on Dave with David Cho. And uh, and apparently somebody listening, David has listened to this episode. David D has listened to this episode. It's like, he's going to become a patron. And you should, because we've recorded at this point, David Cho, dozens of episodes of Dave on Dave that you can get access to as a patron at patreon.com slash Dave Chen. So highly recommend if you enjoy uh, this chat. Um, okay. <laughs> can we talk about Rome <laughs> licking the cheese? Can we talk about talk, Roman licking go the ba- cheese? Go back and listen to the podcast. We talked a lot about Roman licking the cheese. <laughs> yeah. 
I, it was funny when he when he when Kendall did the mom's voice about going down on the cheese. No, no, that was that really, was very good. It, that was very it, good. It, it scratched a real juvenile itch. Uh, no, don't go yeah. down on Peter's cheese. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to acknowledge as we're closing out here that there there what I'm from what I'm seeing you know the chatter online and even in the chat itself there is a lot of. Um, disagreement about how good the finale was like some people are like this finale was not good and to me it felt very good like i thought this is a very strong finale um but yeah not not everyone agrees and we'll talk about pe- more people's react i'm curious to hear people's reactions uh at decodingtv.com and at decodingtv at gmail.com but uh when i think back on it i thought everything landed really well there's a lot of open questions like I, i'm seeing a lot of debate about why Shiv did what she did. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people either don't understand or have a different understanding than what we've communicated. Um, so much more to discuss there. But uh, at the end of the day, I, I want to say read the comments in the comments or in the chats is the best finale was ducking legendary. Ducking and I legendary. can't help but agree with that. Indeed. Well, I want to, again, um, acknowledge two groups of people. One of them are all the paid members at decodingtv.com who have made this podcast possible. It's been such a fun time to do the show with Kim and David uh, throughout the season. Um, and of course, I want to acknowledge Kim Renfro and David Cho. Uh, you guys have really been a blast to podcast with and talk about the show with, and I appreciate you both. So thank you for adding so much to both my enjoyment of the show and also to all of our listeners' enjoyment of the show. So Thank you Thanks. to Dave being patient with us as we were just giggling Truly. about going down on the cheese and dave just kept it moving <laughs> dave wanted no part of that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's been a delight sean burke by the way says i think internet fandom got ahead of itself with this show and lots of viewers don't really understand the type of show they're watching bullseye in my opinion sean burke. yeah 100%. i think i think that is very very accurate that like it's so weird when you're watching a show like succession and people like speculating about who's going to win and what's happening and who's 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 love child and so on it's like it game does of thrones f- and westworld like really fucked up the way people watch hbo shows mm-hmm. now. it's yeah, just like exactly. I, it's just it's 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 broken our brains and how we think how tv shows work so it's like this wasn't that show it wasn't a show where the twist was going to be this is how kendall gets the thing it was, it was a show about these people and how they <laughs> yeah. like interact and and how yeah. they're just like never gonna be okay because yeah. until they really confront the things that their dad put them through. Uh, I'm just reading random comments from the chat now. Babs54 says, Matson saying, I want to see phones. Got me juice. <laughs> that was awesome. When Matson storms in the room and he's like, Matson's freak phone. out. Yeah, he's like, I want to see phones. It was amazing. I thought that was awesome. So anyway, okay. Uh, well, we'll be back with uh, this week in streaming covering Barry. We'll also do a succession season one postmortem. Uh, she is David. Ch- uh, sorry. She is Tim Renfro. <laughs> She is Kim Renfro. (laughs) She is Kim Renfro. He is David Cho. I am David Chen. You're listening to and watching Decoding TV at YouTube.com. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you very soon. DecodingTV at gmail.com. Hit us up with your thoughts. We will read them. We will react to them on the podcast next time. Oh, wait. I have one one thing, Dave. Okay. There's right there at the end. I know. I know. I'm sorry. It was at the the shiv vote of the pod. It was like right seconds away from being over. What's up, David? I I, I saw one thing that I do want to say. It's like 
this person I, who, who I think means well is saying in before Shiv criticisms labeled as misogyny comments for the next month. I think people can be misogynistic against Shiv and Shiv can also be an idiot and both things can be true. So mm-hmm. just saying that's the case. So before you start thinking you're not being misogynistic by shitting on Shiv, like both things can be true. Well, yeah, so there's, uh, I mean, what's being referred to is that there's this whole line of criticism that, like, Shiv made a stupid decision by by cashing out, which is, like, I just don't, in my first blush, I do not agree with that reading. Like, I think we, ha- we on this show have presented multiple logical reasons why she would want to make the decisions she made in the show. So, like, on this podcast episode, I should say. So, And also, the yeah. internet is incredibly misogynistic, oftentimes, in the way they criticize and, per- like, talk about women. And so, both things can be true. Indeed. Indeed. All right, folks. <laughs> I'm sorry. Great point, Thanks. Thanks. Way to go. Thanks, David Cho. I thought, I thought I had a really nice... I, I had the I had the Kendall staring off at the ocean of podcast endings, and instead David Cho was like, "Let's have him leap over. Let's the jump banister. over the rail. No, it, no, the rail. it was more like a jet ski going by in the Hudson, going That's like, right. don't be a misogynist.' Pre- so <laughs> I, appreci- I appreciate it. Don't be. A I appreciate it. All right, guys, this has been so much fun, and thanks to all the people that joined us at YouTube.com/slash/DecodingTV. We hope you've had a fun time as well. Goodbye. Bye. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.